0: Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 8. We'll be reading from Luke 8 this morning. Um, so many parables that Jesus shares with his disciples and those who have been coming to see him in his earthly uh, ministry, many that are unique to Luke's gospel. We've looked at a couple of them already from Luke chapter 15. Uh, so we'll break every now and then from the wisdom literature in uh, Ecclesiastes and look at some parables here in Luke. But Luke is a doctor, he's a physician, he gives us this gospel, and then Luke part 2, which we know of as Acts, and very likely using Mark's gospel as a source as he writes, and then abbreviating some of these parables to meet his goals in writing. But this parable in the the opening of Luke chapter 8 is one of four major parables That we find in all of the synoptic uh, gospels. It really helps the reader, really helps us understand why Jesus used parables uh, in his ministry. Um, So, Luke chapter 8, I'll begin reading from verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. That's where we'll end the reading of God's Word this morning. This is His holy and enduring Word. Let's pray together. Lord God, we ask that You would use this Word, the seeds planted, scattered in our own hearts, to to teach us, Uh, to grow us in grace. We do pray that this word would take root uh, and grow in a healthy way in us. Lord, as we examine our own hearts this morning, uh, we're grateful that you do not leave us alone to do this, that you give us this word, and that you, Holy Spirit, are speaking to us in these moments. Uh, Help us to listen intently, to be receptive. May your word be handled rightly as it is preached. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Some of you are coffee drinkers. Um, I am, I guess I haven't grown up yet because I don't drink coffee, but I know some of you really enjoy the smell and the taste of a nicely brewed cup of coffee, not just in the morning, but throughout the day as well. And um, I'm guessing you have your favorite coffee, your favorite coffee grounds, and then most of you are opening a package or something of that nature to to get the coffee and not growing your own coffee plants Um, i think you could probably start coffee plant here in arkansas maybe in a greenhouse but if you plant that thing um, especially in a week like we're going to see in this upcoming week with the temperatures uh, it's not likely to uh, survive Uh, when i traveled to ethiopia there were fields of coffee plants in fact, they would grow wild in the southern part of Ethiopia. I learned this later. there was a province called Kaffa, and that's where we we get the name coffee. Um, but you know the, the climate the conditions there were just right you know for this coffee plant to grow, and that makes a huge difference. Uh, farmers know this they have to to give attention to the conditions and Uh, the type of soil that they're working with so in this parable jesus is comparing the heart response of people to soil and it's a word of god that is planted in this soil and the condition of the soil and where that seed lands makes a big difference people are flocking from miles around to see jesus they've heard about jesus his message is, is powerful, and so they're, they're coming to him for lots of different reasons. Some are coming because they want to be healed, and they know, they've, they've seen evidence that he heals. Some are coming to Jesus because uh, they're just curious. He's, he's a really good speaker and a message that, they can, uh, that others have, have heard and passed along. Some are just curious, wondering, well, where's everybody going? Hey, let's just follow the crowd. Uh, To find Jesus. So in all of this, even those who are saying maybe this is the Messiah that the prophets spoke of. All these different reasons uh, coming to meet Jesus. And Jesus tells all of of these uh, people this parable. And uh, parables understood very simply a comparison between uh, two things using different literary styles. You can have a proverb, uh, a riddle, a metaphor... All considered to be parables, and the one that Jesus uses the most is the story. Uh, maybe you've heard that parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning that, that's not bad. It really uh, captures uh, over a third of what Jesus does in teaching uh, with parables and he'll he'll use a real life event and then just just twist it a little bit uh, to keep the one listening, thinking about what he's saying. And uh, oftentimes these parables are left open-ended it's the responsibility of the listener to uh, respond and that's the case here in this uh, a sower and the soils but even before we look at the parable itself notice that jesus gives a command end of verse eight he may have said this on more more than one occasion but he says he who has ears to hear let him hear what does that mean what is jesus saying if you're hearing the words that I'm saying, then really hear it. Take it to heart. This word is being sown as I speak. So the word of God is, is spread, but the way in which the people respond to this uh, is going to be very different. Um, what kind of soil are we? How are we responding? Um, and Jesus is going to explain this parable. Doesn't doesn't do that often, but it really sets this parable, I would say, as a, a, a paradigm for understanding uh, all the other parables. But the disciples need help here in understanding. That, that's always been true. Disciples need lots of help, right? Don't we? Um, they need to understand why Jesus used parables so that, that they could contemplate the, the mysteries that they hold. Um, so, in a way, Jesus is using parables not for the disciples. Um, but for uh, others that have gathered there. He says the secret of the kingdom of God has been, been given to them, but for others it's in parables. Which doesn't leave the disciples off the hook. They're still responsible in, in uh, responding to the message of these parables. They don't get a free pass because of that. Even though they've been walking with Jesus, listening to Jesus, they must respond, but the parables serve uh, a, a different purpose. Uh, jesus makes reference here to isaiah 6 he says seeing that they may not see and hearing they may not understand so in the time of isaiah's prophecy israel has broken covenant with the lord they have rebelled they are turning into the idols that they worship and god will judge if they turn back to him there's forgiveness but but as a people then, as a people in the time of Jesus, if they fail to hear and reject this word, uh, there is judgment. And church, that, that's no different today. There are so many who are curious about Jesus and keep Jesus at a nice safe distance. You know, like, like the crowds who are, are coming from all over. Maybe, maybe folks will give some attention to Jesus because they've heard some good stories. Maybe they're going through a rough patch in life. You know, they've seen one of those billboards that you see on the highway right now. Feeling anxious? Well, Jesus gives peace. And They're like, hmm, okay. Um, maybe there's someone in their life that keeps bugging them. So to keep that person happy, then they swing into church every now and then. Um, you know, they, said, they even said nice things at a funeral. And this, this loved one went to church, so maybe I should have some sort of connection to the church and to this Jesus. And so Jesus responds this by telling stories. Stories that are heard, but not necessarily understood. See, so these parables help filter between those who are honestly seeking Christ and those who are just listening in to the Lord Jesus. I think about this this word, the living and active word of God that's being sown here upon the heart. It is going to to harden the heart on the broad road to a very real hell or soften the heart unto salvation. One of those purposes is taking place in your life, in my life right now. You cannot leave this room unaffected by the, the seed of God's word that is sown on your heart. It's going to deepen our assurance and love for Christ, showing our need of repentance, our need for faith, or it hardens as we're unwilling to submit to Christ. Uh, So the issue here is response. Uh, Many will come, few will follow. Uh, Many are going to hear, but few are going to understand. So Jesus explains uh, what this parable means. And the picture that Jesus gives of the farmer is sowing here, very consistent with how seed was sown in this time. Um, you know, when we're planting now, or you look at the fields here in Arkansas, they've been well cultivated. There's lots of nice neat rows and the seed is, is put in those rows. But in this, t- in this time period, seed was, was just cast out in the field. Um, before it was kind of worked in and so the farmer would just sort of hope with the casting of the seed that some of it would take root and begin to grow um, and something to note here of the three accounts of this parable in all the gospels Luke places the least emphasis on the sower on the one actually casting the seed because the sower isn't the point sowers we think about this sowers come and go sowers can be replaced the methods of sowing can change that's not the point it's it's the seed and the soil that really are the key to this passage i think it's important for us to remember uh, in the church we can spend a lot of time addressing the sower okay whether it's the preacher or the teacher or Uh, a certain program, an evangelistic program, or or this program to accomplish whatever it is we're looking at. We get get so focused on that when those things come and go in the life of the church. It is the Word, not the sower, the Word that lands on the heart. Jesus doesn't even mention the sower in His explanation of this parable. So some seed falls on the path, verses 5 and 12. Really, the path can hardly be considered soil at all. The seed doesn't even get into the ground before it's uh, destroyed. The birds come and eat it, representing the the devil's work in removing the word. Where the word is sown, we, we need to remember, where the word is sown, the devil is going to be very active and at work. This is the hardened heart in response to uh, God's Word. No illumination when the Gospel is heard and the authority of God's Word is presented it just goes in one ear, out the other. Um, and this, so it's describing those who, who reject the Gospel and the claims of Christ, but um, it's also describing, I'll call that Christian veneer. Um, folks who may be sitting in church. Um, coming in and out the door on Sunday mornings, but it makes little to no difference in the way one lives. Um, no processing, no real questioning, no just di- digesting of the Word and its implications. That seed is just just lost on the heart. Uh, the second soil here is rocky. Many of you, uh, I mean, even living in Arkansas here, there's... Um, The soil is very, very rocky. can be very challenging to work with. Um, But the seed just doesn't take root. Verses uh, 6 and 13. Something can grow, and it may grow quickly in this type of soil. But then the scorching heat, underneath the heat it just withers and it dies away. Um, This is the heart response of those who receive the Word. They're excited about it. There's some real joy here in hearing this Word. Maybe they've just said a prayer. Maybe they've they've come up to the front after an altar call. But when trouble comes and when the pressures of life are applied, then their faith just fizzles away like a flare. You know, it's bright and hot and then disappears. Or maybe it's it's other things in life. Maybe it could be a physical illness, it could be um, within the family, troubles within the family, loss of, of property, loss of of health disappointment even within the church those things come and they abandon the faith Um, shallow rocky heart you know it can also describe those um, say emotional highs that come with a sense of god's presence Um, but then when sort of the rest of life uh, we're hit with that again then that that sense is gone Um, surface level faith that vanishes with no roots. Um, church, what's the condition of your heart? As we talk about this, this parable, that, that's where we need to begin and end. We need to be examining our own hearts. Is my heart just rocky soil for God's Word? Maybe I'm, I'm Jesus' best friend when things are going well, or seem to be going well, but then when trials and opposition come, I, I go right back into those sin patterns and fall prey to that. So let's, let's be searching our own hearts here. And the, the, the last spoiled ground that Jesus describes, uh, it's a soil with thorns, verses 7 and 14. The seed takes root, fruit begins to grow, but then it's strangled by the cares of this world, by the comforts of this world, all those other concerns. I think this is the most dangerous condition uh, right here in this Soil. You know, the first, the first two responses, you know, landing on ground that's, that's barely soil at all and, or, or landing on, in the rocky soil, we might think, yeah, that's... I'm probably not struggling with that as, as much. That's probably not me. Um, but this one should get our attention big time. A strangled and divided heart. Uh, it responds to God's Word, but any fruit for the kingdom is just choked. Um... By the, the cares and concerns of life okay it's a faith that does not persevere in his sermon on the mount uh, jesus says you know, do not be anxious do not be consumed by the things of this world don't be consumed by the the things you see everyone else concerned with and consumed by our father in heaven knows what it is you need he will provide those things I mean just think how the crop might increase in our own lives if we really believe that. How we might endure if we believe that. Luke chapter 18, which we'll come across again. Jesus is he sows the seed of truth the very wealthy young man. And Jesus says, you know, sell sell what you've got. He you know, he God knows what you need. Follow me. And so the man walks away empty because he was full of what he thought he needed and what he thought this world could provide. So what's the response of our heart? Is it divided? Are the cares, concerns of this world really, are they really in control of your life? Or have you turned those over to the Lord Jesus? I find it interesting sometimes I'll I'll stop at a house uh, to, to visit or with someone, the TV will be on in the background and and. Unless, unless I, I ask to, to turn the TV off or something before we have a conversation, oftentimes it's in the background. And so we're sitting around the table and there'll be these voices in the background from TV or from the radio. and uh, um, So if you, leave, if you leave your TV on when I come to visit, that's, I'm not going to immediately cast doubts on your faith or anything. But it is, is the Word of God in the background? You know, is it was just this background noise in our life. When you're really, you may be really listening to the cares and the concerns and worries that the rest of the world is listening to. Um, a casual hear of God's word that's easily choked, easily choked. Um, sometimes it's asked whether this soil, that the strangled, divided heart, is describing a person who's a Christian or not a Christian. I believe the answer is ultimately no. Uh, there's no saving faith here. Uh, Apostle James helps us with this. Maybe you remember in chapter 2 where uh, James says that if faith is not accompanied by fruit, if it's not accompanied by works, well, that's, that's really no saving faith. Show me your faith by without works, I'll show you my faith by what it is I do. Faith and work, faith and the fruit of that faith go together. Church, let's examine our hearts. Is your faith affirmed by the fruit of, that it bears are you growing is, is the faith uh, maturing in your life That's what jesus says in this parable that the fruitless christians of there's no value there there's a loss not persevering in faith but then he ends the story here sharing that that some of the seed uh, does take root and grow in healthy soil this is the rich soil the kingdom uh, that bears fruit tons of fruit luke uh, shortens it here to a hundredfold and the fact that only one of these four soils is healthy, that should be telling for us. The heart response to the seed of God's Word, it's going to be different, but most often it's disappointing. Opposition is fierce. Okay, we are at war with our own flesh. with The allures of this world. And that something's out to destroy the seed upon our hearts all the time. Now think of a farmer as he prepares to, spend some time in Iowa, I got to think about farming a lot. And so think about a farmer who prepares in, in dry conditions, um, already facing the battle with the, the conditions and the temperatures and it being so dry and that lack of moisture, that, that's sort of enemy number one. And then once the seed takes root, well, there's, there's certain worms that will begin to eat underneath the ground uh, because of that, that low moisture. And then once that, that fruit starts to grow, well, now you've got other insects that are attacking once it's above ground. Um, so both the seed, both in and out of the ground, is constantly under attack. And that, you know, the kingdom soil, okay, our heart response, um, is going to face the same attack to the seed that is God's Word. Um, and so let's remember that both the, the, the good soil... And the unhealthy, so they're facing the same challenges, the same attacks, Satan, trials, persecution, cares of this world. Um, even that growing in sanctification, um, the evil ones going to take advantage of every opportunity to to hide God's word, to confuse or undermine uh, God's word in our lives. And maybe you find does anyone find it difficult to uh, stay on your Bible reading consistently? maybe to sit under the preached word. It's hard. It's a battle we fight. Um, the Spirit of Christ um, is at work in the midst of this opposition. Something is happening. Even it can be hard to see something growing in that soil. But growing as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, that's, that's something that is happening. There is growth. The bearable tells us there's a great deal of, of growth, of kingdom fruit when god's word is planted in a heart that responds to it, it gradually it takes time you, know, you don't plant seed and get you know 8 foot corn the next day um, our understanding of god's word our growth in the gospel takes time and it often comes in different stages maybe really strong really strong period of growth we're excited we're growing in our faith another season we're just hanging on by our fingernails Yet with patient endurance, there is fruit in the hearts and lives of God's people. So how, how we begin as a Christian is important, but how we end all the more important. In these uh, details that Luke has given us, placing emphasis on persevering in the faith, uh, that is the only response that holds on. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of a movie that not in a movie in particular, but the movie where the hero is, you know, the climax of the movie, the hero is just, you know, hanging on for dear life, either, you know, by the rope or, or on the edge of the cliff. And, you know, one slip and, you know, it's all over. Um, but then, you know, the, the rope is cast or another hand reaches over and he grabs, he or she grabs that person's hand. They're saved at the last minute. And they're, they're clinging to it with all their might. Those who respond as the good soil hold fast to the word. They cling to it as if their lives just depended on it. All right, and that that holding fast takes work. Now, there's intense effort in persevering. That's involved with spiritual growth. Um, I'll just mention here briefly the. You know, that this narrow road of persevering, clinging to the Word of our God. On one side is a dangerous trap of moralism. Thinking that spiritual growth is based on our efforts. We can say, I've been saved by Jesus, but now it's up to me to stay saved. We don't want to fall for that trap. And on the other side is this, not a moralism, but more of a passivism where well we've been saved by god's grace grace will lead me home and so i'll just sit back and watch god do what he's going to do um, don't fall for that either the seed grows and we we hold fast by the grace of god in our lives in cooperation with the holy spirit holiness doesn't come with this autopilot um, we're to work out our salvation uh, with fear and trembling not in the fear that we're going to lose that salvation but with the assurance that the one who has rescued us, redeemed us, will hold us to the very end. That assurance comes as we persevere in faith. So Luke does not, at the end here, he doesn't designate who belongs in which soil. This is this is open-ended. What kind of soil are you? What kind am I? And then what do we do if we really want to change? You know, we, we see that shallowness in our own hearts. Too many rocks. We look to the one who sows his word upon our hearts. He can change a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Our God works the soil of our hearts to accept his word, to welcome his word. You know, when when children are very young, um, how do you know that they're alive? Because they're constantly coming to you. They're coming to to mom and dad with their, their needs. Sometimes they keep mom and dad up at night because of this. How do you and I know that we are spiritually alive? Because we want our Heavenly Father. We we go to Him with our needs. We I mean, in effect, we keep Him up at night. Even as he keeps us, we are continually going to him. So this isn't just, I hope we're hearing this, this isn't just a hand raising, one time prayer, you know, altar call event. We keep coming back to our God and Father because uh, we need him. Um, we persevere, trusting in the one who sows his seed upon our hearts, that he's going to prepare the soil to receive that seed to receive that word so let's go to the table now that he's prepared for us uh, to keep coming back um, for more of this fuel perseverance for our faith let's pray lord god pray that we would be that soil receptive to your word and that you by your grace would continue working in our hearts that we might know you more that we might love and delight in you more our Savior and our King. Lord, we are grateful that you have sown the word in our hearts to begin with, maybe at a young age, maybe more recently, or as we've heard the the beautiful truth of your word and it's taken root. Lord, may we hold fast. May we hold fast to you who hold us and keep us. Feed us now as you fed us from your word. Feed us at your table, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.